Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello, and welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns, and I'm the extra mundane anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. I'm drinking a weird flavor of LaCroix that I had never seen before in the store, and you gotta go for it, you know, when you see it. They are spelling coffee with an A on the end, and likewise, (laughs) Bachelor in Paradise in week four keeps throwing weird stuff at the wall. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's dive right in. It's gone from homogenous to homogeneous on the beach, but it's, I mean, I just really still miss Demi's original intro. And at the same time, I'm super excited and super grateful for Christian's whole presence and like lesbian energy on the show when she showed up to the rose ceremony and like that white double-breasted blazer pantsuit thing oh transcendent (laughs) uh i'm getting ahead of myself there there have been a lot of weddings actually on bachelor in paradise at least two one of which was definitely not a legal wedding and ended in a explosion which is Bachelor in Paradise season one's Lacey and Marcus. And then Evan and Carly got married on the beach also, like on the resort. So this is the first time they've had it off campus, so to speak, although they're at Vedanta, which is where all of the non-destination dates happen. It's this chain of resorts in Mexico. And... So that's nice because it's where Crystal and the Goose, Crystal and the Goose, uh, is where they had their first date. (laughs) So that's lovely. It's like perfect that they now have the setting of a wedding with like pre-cocktails, ceremony, reception, special after party where only like half the cast gets to attend It's all genius. I'm so glad they found like a willing couple in Crystal and the Goose. Try to say Crystal and the Goose and not hear Benny and the Jets. Try. But let's start at the beginning. Sunrise over Salulita. Clay and Nicole digging a hole. Derek comes over, says, hey guys, want to bury me alive? Just a normal day. They prop a little cocktail under his face. (laughs) Um, John Paul Jones tells Tasha that she's prettier than Beyonce. And then she says she wants him to see other people. And I feel like we need to focus on this moment a little bit in light of everything that follows. Because it's pretty clear that something got lost in translation 
in that moment. Anyway. Oh, he's also wearing trunks with nautical flags on them, which is very waspy. <laughs> so interestingly, like a couple of weeks ago, we had a bunch of Capricorns come in. That was the week that Mike came in. That was the week that Jordan came in. And this week is the week of Libras. Three Libras and a Scorpio. We'll get to that. So the first Libra that arrives is Tajwan Hawkins, who was a one-nighter on Colton's season of The Bachelor. Tajwan is a Libra with a maybe Libra moon, maybe a Scorpio moon, <laughs> Scorpio Mercury, Virgo Venus, and a Scorpio Mars. So she's she's got a lot of intensity going on. And um, that should surprise no one. And I agree with, I mean, if I were her, I would be having the exact same experience in paradise. Like I would definitely be down for the count. They would have to like be beer bong and Gatorade into my mouth. And yeah, like force feeding me Pedialyte through a tube. I don't know how else to say it. It would not go well for me. And I sweat a lot and I burn very easily. Anyway, this isn't about me. This is about Tajwan. And I feel like on a certain level, Tajwan and John Paul Jones actually vibe really well. And Libra Sagittarius is not a historically bad match in Bachelor Nation. In fact, two very successful Bachelor in Paradise couples who both got married <laughs> on Bachelor in Paradise, Evan and Carly, and Crystal and the Goose are Libra and Sagittarius. And it's on those, interestingly enough, on those gender lines. So Carly's a Libra, Crystal's a Libra, Tajwan's a Libra, and then all the dudes are Sagittarius. So I see it. They seem to have similar senses of humor. They seem to have similar attachments to food and sleep and, you know, like self-care and I think, honestly, John Paul Jones really effed the pooch on this one, like big time, because I think he and Tajwan got along really well. It seemed like really easy. And it was like, I mean, we all know that he committed <laughs> the ultimate taboo of Bachelor Nation. Uh, which is to eat the date food. And let me be clear. I mean, like any cultural like norm, it, it doesn't necessarily have a blanket application. And there are nuances to the laws that you have to learn if you're new to the culture. So to be clear, the taboo on eating date food doesn't count if it's like a street market or the Hague <laughs> or... Uh, food carts in Portland. It's only when you're like at a dinner that they set up for you. And if you've noticed, a lot of times now they're setting up the dinners in antique shops and uh, neon sign graveyards and all kinds of places that like, yeah, I'd be suspicious if food showed up because where did it come from and how long has it been out? 
So even though he committed this, like, heinous transgression, the first of many that he would commit over the course of this week, she seemed pretty down. Even when he was, like, immediately started retching, because he has a lot of food sensitivity, as we found. Like, chicken nuggets seem to be good for him because... They're, uh, you know, bland. They're not going to, chicken's not going to challenge your digestive system, right? He seems to have a lot of, like, kind of energetic sensitivity. He needs a lot more sleep, maybe, than the other contestants. Or at least likes more sleep than the other contestants. But, like, fast forward a little bit, when Haley showed up, he fell asleep in between meeting her and her inviting him on the date. He like took a little power nap. Respect. So yeah, I think things could have gone well with them, but he was very rude to her when it came to Haley. And I think, you know, looking back on all of his behavior, I can sort of piece together his logic in the sense of like, Taisha told him to explore his options. So when Tajwan asked him, he didn't, he didn't really feel like he had to clear it with Taisha. Um, but he and Taisha uh, had a conversation that he and Tajwan didn't have. So when he like bolted in the middle of a conversation with Tajwan to go on a date with Haley, it came off as really insensitive and rude. And I think what we're beginning to see in the case of John Paul Jones is what we're what we see in the case of some other contestants who've had pretty limited screen time and we've really loved them. And then as they get more and more screen time, we start realizing that maybe we don't have the full picture of who they are as a human being because we haven't we haven't seen their full spectrum of personality, right? Uh, well, John Paul Jones' Taj one-on-one is going on. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Colton is outed as a bad kisser around a campfire. This is the Bachelor in Paradise content I live for, personally. I'm also, like, incredibly unsurprised. And also, um, Demi and Kaylin have this amazing moment where Demi lays it all out for her, front to back, what's about to happen with Dean. She just, she always calls it, what can you do? So uh, the next day, we open on a setting that we've yet to see this season. I believe it's the Boom Boom Rooms. Not my term, folks. It's a Bachelor Nation term, <laughs> straight out of Sayulita. And okay, so contestants do get a fantasy suite date later on in the season, which is fancy. It's at the resort. But this isn't The Bachelor. This isn't The Bachelorette. If they got an itch, they can scratch it. They want to have some alone time. They can have it in the Boom Boom Rooms. And there's a camera in there usually. It's mounted in the ceiling. There's not like a person behind it, like a camera person and a boom mic person in the room. But there's a night vision camera. And usually at least once a season, you'll see night vision footage of the Boom Boom Rooms. And in the past, there's also only been one, which has led to some very interesting drama, uh, Bachelor in Paradise 3, involving Jen Saviano, interestingly enough, and Nick Vile. And now there's two. Of course, contestants can always like fall asleep on one of the beach mattresses. But 
sometimes you want to not just sleep. So we open on Hannah G and Dylan, and they're always asleep this week, and Nicole and Clay, and it's very cute. And um, JPJ does a sand moonwalk, trips over a rock, catches himself, and then tosses a football. What a maneuver. And it's at this point in, the, in my notes, I write, when did he learn to be human and was it by correspondence? <laughs> and we get this alien vibe off him. People keep commenting when I talk about him on Instagram that he's got Aquarius vibes off the charts. Now, and I think this is a, you know, a conversation worth having because I know plenty of Aquarians that understand social cues. And I'm not going to diagnose John Paul Jones as neurodivergent. I do think there have been neuroatypical cast members before, for sure. And I stand a neurodivergent cast. It's not up to me to say. But it's pretty clear that John Paul Jones... has some problems with a pro propriety, right? Which is a disaster for him and Tasha because Virgos like propriety. They really do. I'm getting ahead of myself again. <laughs> um, here comes Haley. She has no idea how long the show's been going on for. Haley, like Tajwan, is a Libra, but Tajwan's Mars is in Scorpio. She has a lot of Scorpio. And Haley's got Cancer Mars, which makes her like overall much more conflict avoidant. And, and Libras aren't known for being um, combative. They're known for maybe being shitsters, but not as being fight starters. But... This is a great example of how lots of different combinations of placements can cause huge differences in personality. And we see that with the Derek and John Paul, who are both Sagittarius. And sometimes that has to do with maturity. Sometimes that has to do with placements, astrology, the chart. Sometimes it has to do with transits. Sometimes it has to do with how you were raised. And sometimes it has to do with brain chemistry. And it's always a combination of all of those things, right? And in the case of a lot of contestants, dealing with uh, racial undertones on a show that aren't really undertones. And I'll just leave that there. <laughs> so they go on a date. Tajwan melts down. She's sloshing, she's eating, she's crying, she's screaming into the womb of the ocean, that great maternal void that we're just really choking to death with our plastic addiction. <laughs> Sorry. And she, honestly, she should take a page from John Paul Jones. She needs to sleep it off. I'm, there's, a, there's gotta be a fan up in the bunk rooms just point it straight at yourself, babe, and go to bed. Sleep it off because sleeping's better than obsessing about it. She 
is comforted by Jen. Moonlight boobs, Saviano. I am so sorry to objectify her like that, but she's just, it's like she has her own lighting team with her at all times. I don't understand it. I just, the, the genetic gifts that she has. She shouldn't be that cool and nice. Uh, and Caitlin, whom uh, my sweetheart asked, who's that about at least three times? And then uh, John Paul Jones and Haley show up wearing t-shirts over bathing suit bottoms, which is such a great matching couple look. And Taj starts uh, kind of being um, mean mean to Haley in front of... The, it just goes bad all, all kinds of sideways really fast. It's not very good. And you like John Paul Jones is like really devastated that he caused it and like meanwhile of course Tasha is off with Derek doing what she does best which is give really good advice that also benefits her also a Virgo trait she's known for this okay so we finally have a rose ceremony <laughs> we've been wondering how they're going to deal with two contestants of the same gender in um in a world where the economy is roses and it's a binary between genders. So uh, talk about the ultimate taboo. And it turns out they're just winging it. After all the hype that Daddy Harrison gave us about the game changing, they don't really seem to have a whole lot of infrastructure in place. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> Christina continues to very much impress me and um, do her Scorpio brethren justice in her schemes. I mean, since day one, when she took Blake on that mud filled hell ride, she's just been full throttle Scorpio. I love it. And here she is. She gets, she gets in Blake's head right before the rose ceremony. He tells Caitlin I'm 100% giving you my rose. And then here comes Christina and she has the key to unlock his mind box. And yeah, it works. I'm in awe. And uh, for those of you who missed it, basically what she was like is like, you better be really sure Kaylin's the one you want to spend the rest of paradise with because you've already fucked yourself over to such a degree that like you can't pick another woman. If you pick me as a friend, that's not going to harm you. No one's going to blame you for that. And it's the perfect thing to say. Sorry, Caitlin. See you next year, I guess. Um, yeah. I want to just since we're on the subject of Scorpios, say that I looked up Angela Amesqua, who we meet later <laughs> at the wedding, uh, from last season of Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, she's got almost the exact same inner planet configuration as Christina. I mean, they might be in different houses. Their rising signs could be totally different. But other than that, they're pretty, pretty similar, astrologically speaking, which I think is very interesting in terms of, again, when we're thinking about what the producers are, are doing, you know, they've got this, as 
we see they've got a whole hotel full of contestants they just have on standby. They don't know how much time has passed and they don't know when they're going in. And sometimes they just get let out to go to a wedding and they still don't know when they're coming in. And there's, you know, there's like producers huddling, playing 3D chess and trying to figure out who's going in. And they'll bump you for the right opportunity. I know that for a fact. If they did it on VIP 3, again, with um, Kayla. And so the producers are there. They're huddled up. They're, like, trying to figure out who to send in next. And it's like, so they have Christina that they bring in first. And then they have Angela that they bring in midway through. And they both have these very, very similar agendas and energies that they're bringing to the table. And then this week they let in all these Libras. There's one more to come. We'll get to that in a sec. Okay. The only other thing I want to say about the rose ceremony is that I cannot believe we're in a universe where Katie Morton and Jen Saviano, two of the most attractive people I've ever seen in my life, are competing over Chris Bukowski. But here we are. I'm sad to see Jen go. I like her a lot. I've always thought she's underrated. I'm, I wanted to see more screen time from her, but I'm glad. I mean, if it was at Katie's expense, it's tough. And I, you know, we'll see how that all pans out. <laughs> At this point, Dean's hit his limit. He hits the eject button. Poor Kaylin. Honestly, like, I don't, I, I don't know what she was thinking. Like, the dude lives in a van. Also, the dude has a hole inside of him. Like, an emptiness that he is actively avoiding treating. And... Honestly, he has a lot of potential. Rachel saw it. Lindsay Murphy saw it. Christina saw it. Danielle Lombard saw it. Kaylin sees it. I respect all these women, but there's a lot of shit that that dude has not dealt with. He won't deal with it. And he has a mobile not dealing with it unit now. <laughs> you know, it's not going to get easier. And now we know he's back, mustacheless. And maybe we know this from the previews. And it's like maybe there'll be this kind of exciting week five shuffle where Kaylin gets back with Dean, Connor gets with Christina. Huh? I wouldn't hate that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The next day, Kaylin's a mess. John Paul Jones is a mess. And all of a sudden, Surprise, we're going to a wedding. And <laughs> I think, so Gemini and Sagittarius are opposite each other. So they're two sides of the same coin. I've talked about this a lot in terms of Anyeka and Nicole, who scrapped a lot on Colton's season at the Women Tell All. Nicole's a Sagittarius, Onyeka's a Gemini. And I loved that they were able to like integrate their differences and be friends on Paradise. So what I'm saying is Gemini and Sagittarius do have a lot in common. And one thing we saw that Kaylin and John Paul Jones really had in common at the wedding 
are these turn on a dime mood switches where it's like one, it's again, the two faces that Gemini gets a lot of shit for, but we see it, we can see it with Sagittarius too. And sometimes it manifests differently. And like with Sagittarius, I feel like it often manifests as humor and being sad and immediately turning it into humor. That's not the case this time. So <laughs> Kaylin shows up. She's salty. She doesn't want to hide it. She's bad at, she's really bad at being graceful when she's not happy. I would say if she had a flaw, it would be that. And she's kind of cornered poor Tia and is laying out her sad story. And who should show up but a cadre of dudes, including Connor. Kinner. I'm so stoked to see him. And like, I am not the only one. Okay. She is, she's like puffy, snotty, tears. She does a quick turn away and the next look she gives is a sultry come hither over the shoulder and it is like boom how do I look ready love it and then of course John Paul Jones uh and again Demi calls it in her super prescient way where you know he's sort of perseverating on Derek getting himself really worked up going to woman after woman and sort of you know, person after person and, and kind of laying out his cards. And of course, Demi's having none of it. I don't think he really gets the fact that she's like maybe his biggest fan on the beach. And when she says, I hope he doesn't do something scary and aggressive, like he definitely does. And I mean, he's just, his energy is really, really intense. And it's a quick change. Like one minute he's being his normal JPJ, he's being very formal, being very jovial. There's that deep voice. Thank you so much for having, oh yeah, beautiful women wedding really, yeah, it gives me hope. Derek's full of shit. Next second, indicate his ear. Like hasn't even gotten a full seven steps away. And if he's really, if he was really, really trying to get right with Taisha, he would be spending a lot more time on Taisha and a lot less time on Derek. And he would also not be like doing so many things that Virgos are allergic to. Like if you look at Taisha's behavior during this wedding, she's concerned about being underdressed. She's really angry that John Paul Jones has made a scene right before the ceremony. And then at the reception has a total freak out again, because she does not like having draw like the idea that she caused an impropriety to occur in public is mortifying to her. I know this because I am also a Virgo and there is nothing that's my nightmare. And I think John Paul Jones has officially blown his shot with Tasha. And again, 
if he had just chosen Tajwan, he chose Haley. And I still think, again, that's a Sagittarius Libra match. And she likes Oirdo. I'm pretty sure she hooked up with Canadian Daniel, who, like John Paul Jones, is a straight up alien. I don't know why he's trying to force it. He's also much younger than Tasha. I want to look up her birthday really quickly. And she's, yeah, like 30. Um, so she's actually much closer to Derek's age than she is to him. <laughs> so I just realized actually from Kaylin's birthday, we can count back to Paradise beginning filming probably on or around... June 3rd or 4th this year, which, like, of course, Bachelor in Paradise films during Gemini season. That makes all the sense to me. It's all about communication uh, between you and your immediate kind of neighbors <laughs> slash siblings. And I feel like that's really the vibe. Uh, that's the Paradise vibe. More so than maybe The Bachelor, which starts in... Capricorn season and The Bachelorette, which films in, gosh, hmm, that one I have to figure out. So yeah, we're at this wedding. John Paul Jones and Derek are fighting. Tasha's melting down in tears. Nicole's feeling really chuffed and pleased with herself because you know, she's there with her man in front of his ex and it's just like a rom-com. And then everything gets F the F up <laughs> because they decide there's going to be this like VIP after party and only the cool kids get to go. And this is a revival of a practice that has fallen out of popularity on The Bachelor over the years, which is a like competition date usually where the winning team gets to go and hang out with so it'll be a big group date it'll be like a soccer game or something and the winning team gets to go hang out with the lead more and the losing team has to go back to the mansion so that kind of adds some um, skin to the game and sometimes it gets really violent but there's always losers and often they're like very upset and they go home in tears and it gives this great opportunity for drama and a lot of times over the years, the leads will say like, you know what? I don't like this. Let's have everybody stay. And the last time that happened was Ari season. And as luck would have it, Crystal, our Crystal, who we just saw get married, uh, was there and took it really, really hard when he didn't make the losers go home. And she had a tantrum and called him a needle dick. Fun fact. So it, it's poetic that they brought the practice back at her wedding is what I'm saying. And I just love that that they're down for all of this, that they decided that that like this is how they wanted it to, to go for them. They're nuptials. And again, this whole setup is such an amazing way to stage things for the coming weeks. We get to tease Connor's entrance into paradise the night before, and maybe some other contestants. There were some other guys there that they all walked in together, and I can't for the life of me figure out who was on Connor's left. Well, I guess it was his right, our left. I think it might have been Brooks, 
who is on Desiree Hartsock's season and a season uh, one of Bachelor in Paradise. And he is extremely attractive and belongs to the Church of Latter-day Saints. So ease off, ladies. And then Connor was in the middle. And then there was a guy to his left, our right, who was on JoJo's season of The Bachelorette. And his name is Chase McNary. And I'm never going to mention him again. We have this amazing chance to 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 tease Connor's entrance, to see who makes a play for him. It's Christina and Kaylin, obviously. And then we get to stage this confrontation between Clay and Angela. We get to separate Tasha from Derek and JPJ so they can go at it and separate Clay from Nicole so she can work herself up about it before Angela shows up in her face. I mean, it's just all really really brilliant production and they edited it to really focus on the cast. I'm sure the wedding was not as paradise focused as our experience of it. Right. So the next day Connor comes in, Christina's really, really hoping to hang out with him. And I think they would be a great match because he's got a lot of Scorpio behind that, uh, behind that Libra face that I think would hit off well with her. And she's got a Leo moon and she's got this, uh, that I think he would flatter. And I think she's got a daredevil spirit that I think he it would complement their lifestyles would complement each other and their activities would complement each other. And I don't know who the perfect guy for Kaylin is. I don't think it's Dean, but I don't think it's Connor either necessarily. But here they are. They they already made out the night before. And then they go make bad art and make out some more. Oof. God, that's not going on the wall. And then, of course, Angela comes in. And as I've said, she and Christina are very, very alike astrologically. So it'll be interesting to see if she goes for Blake who's kind of the free agent right now. It'll be interesting to see if she goes. Someone on Instagram called that she would go with Mike, which my girl Sydney, I don't know. I don't love that storyline, that love triangle, but it is what it is. All's fair in love and paradise. Or is she just there to get in that Daiso clay head and smoosh around? I guess we'll find out. Until then, <laughs> as always, thank you so much for being on this journey with me. You know, first of all, thank you for your patience. This episode is a day late, dollar short. <laughs> I try my best. And also thank you. I had a chance to go on iTunes the other day. I usually listen to podcasts through Spotify, but I was trying to link to my podcast and I saw a bunch of ratings and reviews that y'all had left and it really, really touched my heart. I hadn't seen them yet and it made my day and I hope that I continue to live up to that level of enjoyment for y'all. So thanks for being here. I always appreciate ratings and reviews, but I'm not going to talk about it a lot or ask for them a lot. If it's something that you would like to do over on iTunes, please feel free. And when I do see it, it will really, really, really uh, touch my heart. So until next week, thank you for being on this journey with me so, so much.
and I can't wait to see where it goes.